When we work with schools at the ACA, some of the greatest things we see are when the school has started off without many resources and with teachers that are a little bit hesitant, not quite sure what they're doing. Uh, and over the course of a few months, they just start to embrace digital technologies and learning. And we see their students come to life and we see the teachers taking risks in front of the class, admitting that they don't know everything, having a go. Some projects fall flat, some of them work brilliantly. And we can visit a school six months later, 12 months later, and see these beautiful classrooms full of curiosity, engagement, risk-taking, and really starting that DT journey. And with curiosity, risk-taking, and engagement in mind, the Australian Computing Academy has done a fantastic job reaching nearly a quarter of a million kids in just a few years. Listen on in as Nick O'Brien takes us through how they've done it. You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to another Physics Ed Podcast. Glad to have you here. And this week, we are speaking with Nicola O'Brien, who's representing and has been doing this for quite a while, the Australian Computing Academy, which is a fantastic group which hails out of the University of Sydney and is all about getting, well, computing sciences right across Australia, and seriously, they're doing an amazing job to this. You see, Nicola is a computing education specialist, and she really is tasked with creating and delivering engaging curriculum-aligned content. Why not? We probably should do that. We're educators. And uh, she really wants to help students bring out their ideas to life and unleash their coding superpowers, and that is one thing she's totally doing. And you may just recognize her from her startup with Code Ranges, where she was the founder that helped kids well, learn to code in a variety of different applications. And uh, I've got to say, she's doing a fantastic job. So enough from me. You want to hear from Nicholas, so let's get right on into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Well, my name's Nicola O'Brien and I'm part of the team at Australian Computing Academy, which runs out of Sydney Uni. Um, I also have a couple of other hats on, so I love getting involved in any initiatives to support girls in STEM. Um, I also have a book that I'd love to chat about soon. Sure. And uh, do some consulting work directly into schools. And before we get into that, I must say, the number of people I speak with who say they've got a lot of hats, I feel like we're like a hydra with lots of heads. We are. <laughs> yeah, ch chop them off and we keep coming back. That's right. You're always wearing more than one thing, I swear. All right. So, right. So, Nicola, you've been doing this stuff for a while. Yep. Why did you get into this type of work? Oh, I think I probably fell down a big rabbit hole without thinking too much about it. But I, uh, as my children started hitting the mainstream education system, I was really interested in what they were learning about computers and technology um, and started to investigate before digital technologies came into the syllabus here in Australia and was a little bit disheartened that there wasn't too much going on and decided to investigate and start looking at educational resources around Digitech. Yeah. Um, Got really interested, started convincing my friends and my neighbours to drop their kids off at my place to do some coding, and out of that mushroomed a whole lot of different things. Of which one of your things, of one of the heads, the heads that you wear, the hats that you wear, either way, something about that analogy uh, was Code Rangers. It was, yes. Mm -hmm. So I think it was 2015 I started. So it's a few years ago now, but I started up running extracurricular workshops uh, and getting kids really interested in 
block-based coding, a bit of Python, a little bit of robotics, and just trying to expose them and give them a little bit of inspiration to give things a go. So when you were um, meeting with kids, especially block-based coding and all that sort of drag-and-drop mm. type stuff, um, what sort of age groups were you dealing with there? About age eight and up. Okay. So I like them. I love working with kids that are super curious, haven't yet had any kind of preconceived ideas or feedback from people that it's not for them and want to give things a go, uh, but have that cognitive ability to be able to think a little bit abstractly and, yeah. and understand what it, what's actually happening rather than just copying something. So what platform were you using to do that? I mostly use Scratch. Yep. Um, and then I use Scratch a lot. And I've come back around and I love it, but I had a period where I just needed a break from Scratch. So I've been <laughs> using um, <laughs> I teach Scratch for a while. <laughs> right. But yeah, explored lots of things. So I've done uh, Make Code. I've used... Uh, Australian Computing Academy resources, Sphero robots, a whole bunch of things. Eventually it's how to make the ones and zeros talk nicely. Mm, it is, it is. And I think it's not a bad thing for kids to pick up some higher level skills and apply them in lots of different frameworks. Well, funnily enough, um, and this is just preface this, Nicola and I were here at a, um, a conference up in the Ab- Abbotsley's uh, school in Sydney and um, Inspiring Greatness, I believe it's called. <laughs> that's the name. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's the name. But more importantly, we were playing around with this this device we created yes. with, with a micro bit and a bottle of water and had to hold it in front of us. And that was a bit of fun trying to get that thing to work. That was fun. And that was a really nice activity to do together. Thank <laughs> you for your help. Um, yeah, I, I really like the way things come together. So micro bits and scratch talk to each other these days, yeah. which opens up a whole way of exploring the world around you, gathering some data and representing it on screen beautifully. Actually, I want to go down that rabbit hole. One of the things I do find is a lot of software is great but doesn't talk nice with anything else. Mm-hmm. And gee, that makes it difficult when you... I mean, especially as, as educators, we only have so much budget to spend on certain yeah. bits of software. And all, let's be honest, you just want things to talk. I mean, mm. sometimes... I feel like if there are any developers listening in, please make your API talk nicely to others. Yes, that's <laughs> one of the problems. But I've spent lots and lots of time researching mostly free things that mostly work in the browser. Yeah. Uh, is where I've come to land. And... Pretty much anything I want to teach now, I've found something that will help me with those kind of resources. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. No, this is a, I mean, so, right, so we're, we're playing with Scratch, and you're doing a lot of stuff with the Australian Computing Academy these days. I so. am, yes. I'm and, in there most days. And I must to ask, what, what is their main role? So the Australian Computing Academy uh, got set up a few years ago, uh, funded by the federal government, to help with the rollout of digital technologies teaching in schools. Mm-hmm. So... We kind of have a two-step process. We have online courses for kids, which are perfect for primary school and secondary teachers that have been told to teach coding, mm-hmm. full stop, without much support. So our courses let you teach coding easily by popping your kids into an online course. Yeah. Um, it's curriculum aligned. It's self-marking. It gives the students feedback on the spot. And the teacher, depending on how involved they want to be, can just monitor from a dashboard and see which problem each student in the class is up to, where they're stuck where they might need support. That would be so helpful. So, yeah. you know, our main issue talking to teachers is confidence. Hmm. And I'm talking probably more primary focused here. Yeah. Um, general teachers who have been told to teach computing with not much support. So the courses really help get up and running. And then we offer face-to-face PD for the teachers. So yeah. over time we would hope probably that they rely less on our online courses and start to develop their own teaching resources. So it's not buying in any way from any of the schools. It's more literally just like how to get the thing started up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. So we just 
were funded to get something running that every school in Australia could access. Wow. And meet. How many schools is this, are you working with so far? We, uh, I work on how many students we've got enrolled. Yep. And we are, I believe, around 240,000 students yep. enrolled in courses across the country. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, when, like when, that just, yeah, when did that start up, by the way? Because that's a lot of kids. That's been uh, since the beginning of 2018. We've signed up that many kids. Mm. And you've got a few more thousands, a hundred thousand to go. We've got... got many more to go, which is great. We never run out of teachers to talk to this stuff about. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and stop me if I'm asking one of those questions that isn't really real fair, but I kind of wonder what you've got such a good program rolling out there. Is it just for the Australian student or if someone from Indonesia or someone from Canada went, oh, I really want to get involved, mm-hmm. is that something they could, they could sign themselves up to? Um, it's a bit of a technical question. So the way yeah. our funding works, when you sign up students, you say what year group they're in and what sort of school they're at. Yeah, got it. And so it will open the door to them if they meet the criteria of being Australian students. Fair yes, enough. three to eight. Because it's federally um, funded and it will exactly. Up the but group, yeah. overseas kids can sign up through our sort of sister entity, Grok Learning, and get a subscription. So uh, Grok, G R O C K. Ah, no, G R O K. Uh, I'm one of the people who bad that he spells it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> G-R-O-K-Learning.com. Um, and then they can buy a product. I think it's for primary school $5 per student per year for a licence. And it's got effectively the same backbone to be able to learn exactly. from Exactly. Anyway. Same courses. It's just behind a paywall if you're overseas. Oh, that's cool. Because mm. here's the thing. Like, I mean, that's still, that's still very equitable. It is, it is. And high school is, it's more, it's $30. But yeah. Now, the reason why I ask yeah. that is that when we know that people are listening all over the world, which yeah. is wild seeing this happen, by the way. Yeah. It's the coolest thing to find out. We've got people in Africa and Southeast yeah. Asia and everyone. It's nuts. Which is cool. Hi, everyone in Africa and Southeast Asia and everywhere else. Um, yeah, so anyway, so we'll get back on track with this. So the, um, you're doing a lot of stuff. You've got 240,000 kids. Yes. Involved and they're predominantly you said what year three, year three to eight. Yes, three to eight are the ones that we track. Yes, Who, like, would it be mainly primary sort of middle school type age group type thing? Um, a there's a really big chunk around year seven and eight. All oh, right. Yeah, a lot of seven eight students, um, and then quite a few five six, and we'd love to have more three fours in there. Well, yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean, obviously start early, they're going to have more of a chance later exactly, on. Exactly. Exactly. I think. And imagine that something like this would really help with the ICT component uh, for. Uh, no, no, it's, 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 oh, no. Um, so one of the resources we have as a poster to separate, is it DT or is it ICT? Yeah, got it. And so these courses teach DT, digital technologies. Yep. So they're teaching coding. Yep. Um, in terms of ICT general capability, mm-hmm. which um, sits across all subjects, we see that as something every subject and every teacher should be embedding and doing yep. as part of their teaching. So the English teacher is teaching word processing skills as they teach English. Actually, it's interesting. So I was um, having a chat with a, a teacher at one of the breaks of this uh, conference. Uh, she was a high school English teacher and said, oh, no, no, this is science. I can't do that. And I went, no, 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 it's cool. Like, you could be writing about yeah. you know, science experiments or they could be doing creating a podcast, something like this, mm-hmm. doing an oral communication around the thing that you know. Uh, and suddenly they went, oh, yeah, I totally could be doing that. So I went, yeah. yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose it's exactly the whole point with the ICT, right? It is, it is. And particularly in primary schools, there's some really nice integration starting to happen mm. with ICT and digital technologies. So teachers looking at ways that they can incorporate all sorts of other capabilities inside a DT project. And actually, that's what I've got a question about with DT projects. I mean, un- undoubtedly, you've come across so many teachers, especially in these PD sessions that you're mm. running. What are some of the cooler projects that you've seen come out of these conversations? Because I'm sure there'd be some schools just doing some wild stuff. Like, not just the basics, they're doing some interesting they, things. Like, what have uh, you come across? Um, that's a great question. So some of the things we're seeing, 
One of the things we really enjoy using are the micro bits. Yep. Um, we like them because they're programmable, they're small, they're cheap, um, and they can gather data. We're just thinking about this. The uh, I was um, listening to a podcast recently on Freakonomics. Uh, Freakonomics, mm-hmm. the podcast itself, uh, and they said that what a lot of universities would really like kids to actually understand is how to handle and manipulate data, mm-hmm. and lots of it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, yeah, we can do algorithms so the cows come home, but the reality is that your day-to-day life in any industry is eventually data in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. And being able to handle those data sets and be able to move them around yeah. is a real core capability, which is useful for students. It is, and it's not being taught particularly well at the moment. Hmm. It's in the curriculum. Um, we have one course that gets students to explore data sets using Python. Yep. Uh, and start to delve into that. That will be going live soon. Um, but it's a massive opportunity, and that's one of the areas of digital technologies that's spreading out across every industry and every part of the workforce. Yeah. So it's a nice way to engage kids. Yeah, I was think. speaking with um, Dr. Linda MacGyver recently mm. on this podcast, oh, I don't know how many ago, a little while ago, uh, who is uh, one of the uh, superstars of STEM. Yes. Um, and she is big on data, massively. Yes. And, and just saying, look, it should be just everywhere. It should be... If you speak English, you learn to read and write it. Mm-hmm. Well, funnily enough, when you, if you deal with numbers, you should be able to be able to move them around. Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. No, it makes sense. And then if I guess when you're, we look at what you're doing with microbits and whatnot, that's exactly what you're doing is applying the use of numbers. It is, and it's just starting to get students to unpack the world around them and look at it in a different way and start to think computationally about what they see every day, which is a nice way to introduce it because there are things they're already doing that just a little bit of a tweak and a dust up and suddenly they're thinking computationally. So if I had, um, just say we had a, a group of uh, brand new pre-service teachers mm-hmm. and they wanted to know just simply how do I teach computational thinking? Like there's a broad question for you. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do I teach it? What are the first steps that you suggest for kids to, like, to start doing? Like, what would they do with their classroom? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd turn off all the devices in the room. Yep. Um, I'd get them to think about an activity that, would be familiar to everybody. So one example that works quite nicely is planning a school excursion mm-hmm. and pull it apart from a computational point of view. So you would look at breaking it into chunks and yep. solving the problem by solving each component of the problem. You'd look at applying patterns. So if you're looking to book 50 kids on a bus, you know, oh, we've taken 50 kids on a train before. What are the similarities? What skills do we know we can apply to putting them on a bus? Uh, you can look at abstraction. So when we write the list for the day's activities, how much detail do we put in there? Do we need every minute step? Do we need yeah. to describe how the children move from the school to the bus? Or can we say, teachers get the students to the bus stop? Things like that. Yeah. And all the strands of computational thinking, you can apply them to a familiar problem Yep. and see how those skills then, as you build up, you will have a planned school excursion or, for younger kids, baking a cake, whatever you choose you can see how those skills go into problem solving in a completely analogue way and that will get the ideas. I remember watching someone, sorry I just realised I interrupted Mm. you, but I just realised, I remember watching, um, not realised, I just remembered the, Someone showing computational thinking on making a jam sandwich. Yeah, I've seen that. That's fine. It's so well done because so I mean, good. The, because I mean you think it's the steps there aren't that many steps, but it turns out there are, and especially There's you can mess up the order very very quickly and very easily to you great can. amusement. Absolutely, that's another great one, and there's so many videos online showing that. I saw a great one the other day actually. Um, any activity like that, you can break it into pieces. You can talk about abstraction. You can talk about how much detail you need. You can even talk about why programming languages look the way they look yeah. because you need specificity, you need no ambiguity, you need the same person 
and then another person to follow them in exactly the same way. And yeah. English is not a programming language because we have too much vagary yes. in the way that we speak. Um, and then you can even talk about a hilarious thing to do is to get people to write instructions to build a Lego figure with words instead of diagrams. Oh, that would be bigger than it sounds. Oh, it's awful. And so then you can talk about finding the right programming language for the job because a diagram would be so much easier. Yeah. So you talk about fit. So there are lots of really great things pre-service teachers can do and try, yeah. uh, which will get them thinking. Now, one of these things, I'm going to segue this not so disjointedly, <laughs> is that to help them, you've written a book with Heather Cashpole. I have written a book with Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. <laughs> now, Heather, by the way, is a good friend of mine from Refraction Media. Um, hi, Heather, if you're listening. And um, Heather and Nicola have been doing a bit of stuff on this, yes. and it's just about to come out. Tell us about it. Excellent. So we um, both have a love of tech and we both love the world around us and we're both very curious. So we had this idea that she has background as a science writer. So she would write a chapter that kids would understand about uh, data or about artificial intelligence, chatbots, things like this, and how they're impacting kids' lives. And I'd create a coding activity off the back of it yeah. so that the children can learn about a relevant concept and then have a go at making something that would mimic it. So we have 10 chapters, 10 beautiful activities using Scratch, Microbits, and another piece of software to make apps. And the kids will just have a chance to really um, start to see their world a little bit differently and get hands-on and make stuff as well. Fantastic. So uh, um, when's that coming out? I think it's coming out in February. February 2020? 2020, yes. Got it. So if it's already out, if you're listening to this after the fact, what title are they got to look for? It is called Ready, Set, Code. Ha, <laughs> good name. <laughs> Who came up with that? <laughs> oh, we had a lot of brainstorming on that one. Uh, um, I was speaking with Michael Casamu, who's the founder of Arludo, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the, the, the best team chats are the names of their, oh. um, of their programs. Uh, his current favourite was Blue Steel. Which nice. is like around, around um, evolution and things, which is just, you know, bit fun. Anyway, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. ready, so ready, ready, set, set code. Ready, set code. Um, coming out, published by CSIRO. So, they have pre orders on their website right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be a website, readysetcodebook.com, where we will maybe extend some of the projects, have some extra resources. Fantastic. Yeah. And in the meantime, if, um, there'll be people listening in who would love to get in touch and find out what Australian Community Computing Academy is doing and what you're doing and all the yes. rest. How would they have to get in touch? How would they do that? Okay. So if you are interested in the Australian Computing Academy, drop me an email, uh, nicola, N-I-C-O-L-A, at aca.edu.au. Um, Come and chat to me on Twitter. I'm at Nicola, N-I-C-O-L-A, then O underscore B, O'Brien, on Twitter. Those are the two best places to find me. Easy. You can find me on LinkedIn if you like. Absolutely. And we'll, as normal, we'll put that in the show notes. And uh, please you know, click and find out more about it. Hey, thanks very much for jumping on the chat. It's my pleasure. Thank you. It's a great chance to catch up. No worries. We're going to head down to the conference and get myself some cake. Yes, brownies. Or maybe some fruit because we should be sugar conscious. No, cake. Cake. (laughs) All right, that will leave you be. Have a great day. Thank you. You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? We love seeing students get excited about science, and you will too. Go to physicseducation.com.au and click on Schools for more info. Well, there we go. We just heard from Nicola O'Brien, who you can truly tell is a passionate educator and having a bit of fun with it at the same time. So are you interested? Do you want to hear about more of what the Australian Computing Academy has been doing? So jump on their website to find out. If you didn't get it before, it's aca.edu.au. Again, aca.edu.au, and they will help you out. And if you're overseas, uh, you know, 
why don't you find out some of the, the short the courses that you can get involved in? It may you know, cost a little bit of cash, but it's not exorbitant, and it will help you out. And if you're in Australia, hey, jump right on in. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed this. We've got more episodes coming on up, and I hope you're having a fantastic afternoon, morning, week, wherever you might be, and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au